Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, whatever time of day you're listening to this show at, and welcome to another episode of the Cricket Scotland podcast. I'm your host, Ian Leggett, and today I have quite a quick episode for you. It's got two interviews. The first is with Scotland men's team captain Kyle Kotzer, and the second, Ian Sambrook, who's Cricket Scotland's director of participation. But to begin, I'm just going to give a quick recap of some of the latest news and events that's happened over the New Year period here at Cricket Scotland. So the men's team has been competing in a tri-series in Dubai against Ireland and the UAE. It was two defeats from two against Ireland and a win and a loss against the UAE. Highlights included Michael Jones and Tom Sol making their debut, with Jones hitting 87 against Ireland. Uh, Matthew Cross scored his uh, maiden ODI century in a 31-run victory against the UAE, and Richie Barrington and Kyle Kotzer hit 90 and 75 in a final match against the UAE. The 2018 season uh, fixtures for the WCU Premier and the Eastern Premiership are up and available to view on the Cricket Scotland website. There's also a link to view the 2018 City-Let Scottish Cup draw. The draw has produced some interesting ties, with holders Carlton beginning their defence of the Cup in an away tie against Drumpelia, while last year's finalist Watsonian play a tough home tie against fellow Eastern Premiership side Forfisher. The final of the Cup will be held in Paisley on the 19th of August, so mark the date in your diaries. Uh, tickets are also on sale for the ODI versus England and the two T20s against Pakistan in June of this year down at the Grange. Tickets are selling very fast, so be sure to get them before they're gone. And in other news, the Bryce sisters have been off playing some cricket in Australia with some of the women's big bash teams. Sarah Bryce has been enjoying life at the Hobart Hurricanes and Catherine completing her second year of the associate rookie program with the Adelaide Strikers. You can find both of their blogs about their experiences on the website. Finally, the fixtures and team sheet for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers in Zimbabwe pardon me, have been released, with the men kicking off their campaign on the 4th of March against Afghanistan. For full details, once again, check out the Cricket Scotland website. So, up first, we have Kyle Kotzer. He's currently sitting 21st on the ICC ODI batting rankings. He's about to head off to Hong Kong and play in the T20 Blitz. And then he'll be heading off to Zimbabwe to go and lead Scotland's campaign for a World Cup place. I got him on the phone earlier this week to hear his thoughts on what is a very exciting time ahead. So here's the interview. So uh, firstly, Kyle, um, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast it's good to finally have you on yeah thanks for having me yeah um good to be good to be a part of it so just to 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 begin this um a couple of reflections on the recent tri-series that was just happening in dubai uh you joined late you were doing some coaching degrees if i uh remember correctly and um you only played the final two games you scored uh 75 against the uae unfortunately there was a loss in that match um and richie barrington took over the captaincy for the games against ireland so uh, a few thoughts on the recent series uh for the team and yourself yeah i mean it was an opportunity to um blood some new players uh mix things up a bit um as you may have noticed there was a few changes in in uh, positioning around the lineup and and people who are involved in the, in the game. So, yeah. um, uh, when when these opportunities arise, it's nice to nice to challenge the players. Um, I know we, uh, we you generally look at a, um, a team and you think right consistency and get uh, consist- consistency in roles and clarity in in 
in uh, roles and um, it's also just as useful when the opportunity is right there's a challenge a few people to keep progressing their game in other areas so um, that uh, was an opportunity we had on, um, in this tour and um, given Richie Barrington the opportunity captain as well um, was uh, a credit to him and how he has developed over the last couple of years and how he was taken taken on a senior role in the side and and uh, a senior role in the teams he's been involved with uh, in Scotland. So, uh, yeah, lots to lots to sort of ponder over and and um, good to see people like Mikey Jones coming in in his first couple of games and stepping up. Um, obviously, not the finished finished article yet, but um, yeah, hugely positive. And I'm, I mean, your own performance, like I said, you scored the 75 against against UAE, but you're also currently sitting 21st on the ODI batting rankings. You're just outside the top 20. You've got an average of 43.07. And things are going personally uh, very well for yourself. Uh, well, yes. I mean, uh, uh, the the ranking is, is, is flattering and, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm over the moon to be uh, um, placed at, at that in that spot in the ODI rankings. So um, yeah, there's there's a number of factors I guess that that helps me to to get to where I am at the moment in terms of my uh, my own play and and um, you know the support that I get from from outside and support that I get from my teammates too. So um, that the position I'm at at the moment wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for those people around me too. So um, I've got to be very grateful for that and um and acknowledge that at the same time because uh when you're out in the middle um yes it's a very individual game but you are batting with uh, someone else at the other side so um without people sometimes realizing there is uh, there's yes a partnership going but there's two different modes of play two different styles of play mm-hmm. when you're out there so you can complement each other when you are out there if you're aware of it and um uh, I've managed to take advantage of that um, over, uh, I guess, since ever since uh, coming out of the the county game. And my, uh, I think, what I needed personally in my game was to not be playing as much. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the grind of uh, the county circuit and all the commitments we have in our winters was was quite. Uh, taxing at times but I would never change it for the world you know but um, where I am at the moment is I'm comfortable in in, in my environment um, I would say unfortunately now the balance isn't quite right and I don't quite play enough but um, where I am in my uh, uh, educational career I guess yeah. uh, moving forward with my family um, comfortable where we are uh, good environment with Cricket Scotland and the coaches around and, and the support that I need um, my cricket has then gone from strength to strength and, and in actual fact I feel that if uh, I feel I've almost got a point to prove now um, when it comes to, to my batting um, and that I feel I've got a point to prove not only in the international stage but also Potentially back in the in the county stage if that if an opportunity ever arose. And you're moving uh, just you're about to pop over to Hong Kong for the T20 Blitz. Um, exciting modern day T20 experience. You've got some big name players there. You've got the new boy, Jofra Archer, who's who's smashing it up in the Big Bang right uh, Big Bash right now. You've got the likes of Dilshan, Samit Patel, Chris Lin, Kumar Sangakkara. I mean, you you really are playing with some legends of the game. 
uh, even though you're sitting 21st in the ODI batting rankings yourself, so maybe people see you like that. Um, but how exciting of an opportunity is this for you? It's your second time playing out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait. It's, a, it's an opportunity that, um, that uh, unfortunately for uh, associate players, doesn't come around as often as as we'd hope. You know, there's some quality amongst the amongst um, the associate nations and uh, people there that should really get other opportunities. But I'm I'm blessed with the opportunity to go for a second time and hopefully um, you know continue the the progression and and work that I've done. I feel very lucky to be. Uh, playing amongst players of of, of that quality, um, there's some fantastic names out there. The, the tournament's gone from strength to strength. There's, mm-hmm. I think, uh, uh, the, the last one of the last articles uh, I read a few days ago it said that there were 27 overseas players attending the tournament this time. So uh, that's definitely been increased, and the quality of uh, the overseas players has also been increased. The, these T20 tournaments are in the news right now. The IPL auction has just been, the big bash is on currently, and the plans for the the new English one in, in 2020. Uh, you've played in it yourself. What's what's it like being around these players, these crystallins, these kind of modern-day cricketers as they're kind of being called nowadays? What's it like being around them and in that kind of environment? Because it's very different from the county circuit, I can imagine. Yeah, uh I guess it's sort of the way that the game sort of moved on, hasn't it? Where players sort of uh, jump from country to country and play various tournaments. So there's a challenge there when when that happens. So your your challenge is, is you're 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 put out of your comfort zone a little bit because you're going into a new environment. Um, how's it going to react? How how are you going to react? How are the the owners of the team? How are the team members going to accept you? And that that's part of the whole battle. And I I genuinely believe that. Um, Myself pushing myself out of my comfort zone and taking on some of these opportunities um, has helped help me progress. Um, and that's that's something that uh, you know it's not always easy to do. Yes, it sounds a great great thing. Oh, let's go away and play some play some T Twenty cricket. But yeah, you're actually putting yourself out of your comfort zone sometimes. And and uh, to do that uh can be challenging but it's also probably the best thing you ever will do because being able to integrate yourself into different environments amongst uh manage the the manage playing alongside uh, some of the greats of the game as you say and um, some of the best around at the moment is uh you know that can bring its own various pressures so um yeah i mean it's an exciting tournament and an exciting time to to be involved in them so after that, we've got the um, the World Cup qualifiers out in Zimbabwe, so the real big games there. Um, I've got the team sheet in front of me. We've got a real mix of uh, experience, and there's also plenty of youth in the team with the likes of Brad Wheel and Tom Sowell uh, in the team. So uh, good team, excited for the tournament. What's the ambitions there? Yeah, uh, I mean, just some of those names you mentioned there, going through that lineup, uh, we've got a hugely exciting squad of players, and and uh, the, the unfortunate part about some of it is we've, we've also we're also having to leave behind some quality cricketers. So um, being that's a nice position, that's a nice predicament to be in. Yes, it is, and and it's obviously not nice for uh, for the selection panel to have some of those conversations. But mm. it's a yeah, it's a hugely positive predicament to be in, and um, you know, competition for places is is what we need to continue to evolve and improve. Um, Looking at Zimbabwe and the World Cup qualifiers, um, 
I believe that this will probably be the toughest and most cutthroat World Cup qualifying campaign um, I've certainly been involved in, but maybe maybe ever, um, with only two spots up for grabs. Um, and for now test match nations involved in the qualifying tournament, you know, that's a, that's a pretty steady competition. So um, yeah, I believe we've got the ability amongst our, our squad to... to, uh, to um, to take that on and, and uh, back every one of our players and, and we, we all have to believe that um, we've now got a handful of sculpts throughout 2017 which we're very uh, happy to have achieved and hopefully that's got the ball rolling um, uh, against some of those uh, some of the so-called bigger nations. Yeah, and like I said, we've got the young boys in. You've got Brad Will, who's the Hampshire twenty-one-year-old uh, uh, Hampshire player, and also Tom So, who, who recently just went out to the Tri Series. Uh, Tom So himself, Northants player, Euro Northants player. He did fairly successfully over there, winning um, the Chi Twenty Trophy out there. So, um, bringing the young guys in, how exciting is this? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's hugely exciting. These uh, these guys have got some some real skill coming into this into this team um tom has improved uh, immensely over you know since the time he spent at, at north ants and and he's had to improve because um it's a challenging environment down there where you know the squad's small and um competition for places is tough and if he wants to make, make if he wants to get himself um into that into that team he's got to He's got to improve, and you've got to improve fast because the turnaround of players in small squads is is, is a lot. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's great to see him him there. Uh, I guess another thing about Tom is he uh, he, he comes from a, a successful bloodline of yeah. uh, sport, sportsmen. So <laughs> that he does. Um, uh, so you know, is that something that you take in consideration? Um, well, you know, there, there, there seems to be a something in there you know doesn't it that, that just brings that competitive nature and, and ability to perform so yeah look Tom's Tom's got you know he's not he's obviously nowhere near the finished article but um, give him some time and you know I, I've got full confidence that Tom will be um, a leading player for Scotland in the years to come So the games themselves you mentioned uh, I mean it really really is not um, an easy tournament this year uh, especially the way they've They've laid it out with the the pool play, the Super Six finals, the top three people going through, and the points carrying over. It's a it's a really challenging system. Um, but your first game, Afghanistan, you move on to Hong Kong. Then it will be the WCL Division Two runners up. You're playing against and Zimbabwe as well on home soil. Uh, what what are the challenges you're going to face in these games? You know, we've we've sat down as a, a senior players group um, with the coaches and with considered uh the ground that we're playing on try to get as much info as we can on on individual grounds and uh past performances there um some of it there's not very much information so so that's proving challenging but you're also trying to you're also trying to get hold of the um the 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 pitches what type of pitches there are and whether it's going to be seeming or bouncy or spin so so you know, there's lots to consider, but um, the challenges we'll face is, uh, I think, the biggest one will be is embracing playing uh, the likes of Afghanistan, uh, Zimbabwe, um, 
these are the games that we we can't be uh, we can't fear. We've got to uh, embrace them and believe that we can win them. Um, if we can gain some momentum from the very first game, that could uh, that could really set us rolling for the rest of that that phase of the tournament. Embracing is a really interesting word, and and you yourself have played in you know World Cups. The what springs to mind: two thousand and nine, twenty twenty World Cup, the catch against South Africa. David Lloyd described it as the best catch ever. You've been in these moments. Uh, how does it? You know, how do you rally the troops, and especially in your role as captain at these qualifiers, and and to embrace the occasion? How how was that taught? How was that how was that done through leadership on the field? Yeah, some some of it is some of it is experience in playing uh, against some of these sides. But um, what we try and do is we we don't try and ignore the fact that these are the challenges we're going to face. Um, we we speak about them and say, look, this is this is where our real challenges. Are. These are going to be some tough teams. Are going to be some big games. Yes, uh, you may look at that and think, well, is that then putting more pressure on? Uh, if the environment's wrong, then yes, it may put the, the pressure on, but if we've got a healthy um, environment where we can discuss and um, open up communication about it, uh, why shouldn't we talk about it? It's no point in beating around the bush. These are the, the, the plain facts of who we've got to play and, and how we've got to beat them and how how we encounter them and, and take them on. So, so um yeah, so that's where that's where we are, and that you know, by talking about it, we feel that's the best way to do that. Fantastic, and uh, I've been told to ask: Will your uh, toy Mergus be coming on the uh, trip with you? <laughs> of course, it is. It, it it hasn't missed the trip. What's the story behind the Mergus? Well, uh, back a, goes back a few years. Um, uh, ex Durham player, ex Kiwi player, Paul Wiseman, uh-huh. um, when he was playing for Durham. He, they, he he went and played a game at Scarborough against Yorkshire, and Scarborough is known for the the I guess the seaside amusements. And <laughs> um, uh, to be honest, uh, I hadn't been called uh, the meerkat or the meergoose at any point until he turned up with this uh, this this soft toy and said, "Here you go, this is you," and it sort of stuck. So um, the meergoose, the the cat has been. Well, it's been everywhere with me over a number of years. Um, it's had various, various stints on, was it Cricket AM? And it's had stints on uh, the Sky Sports cameras, being in the drinks holder. Um, it's been to all around the world, Dubai, Ireland, uh, Spain, wherever wherever I go, it comes with and it makes appearances on top of my uh, top of my seat. or um, And it also... Can t- get some frustration taken out in it when, uh, <laughs> when, uh, when you know when you think that it's not quite doing its uh, doing its job. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good little thing, and, and the guys sort of embrace it too when it comes out and say, "Oh, there he is." And, um, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's a bit silly, really. But uh, yeah, no, I mean we, you know, there's good. there's these superstitions out there. But let's let's hope it brings the good luck um, out in the qualifiers and also in the. Uh, T20 Blitz in Hong Kong. Um, thank you so much for your time, Kyle, and uh, let's hope to hear from you after the qualifiers. Yeah, thanks very much, and um, yeah, just a, uh, just a shout out to the to the guys really to just say uh, all the best, and um, you know, done all the prep that we need to do, and um, all the support's been there. So it's now it's now down to us, and we'll just uh, 
we will be uh, doing everything we can to try and um, hopefully retain the uh, the qualifying trophy which we won last time. And that was Scotland men's team captain Kyle Kotzer. Next up, we have Ian Sambrook. He's Cricket Scotland's Director of Participation. I had a sit-down chat with him at the Cricket Scotland offices to hear about the exciting development and participation plans for 2018. Here's Ian. So starting off, just tell us about your role at Cricket Scotland, why you exist, and, I mean, hopefully why you think your role is important. <laughs> Great question. Well, my role is um, Head of Participation for Cricket Scotland, so... I mean, fundamentally, that's dealing with everything outside of the high performance. Um, so it's working with clubs, schools, um, our volunteer base, um, but also with um, external partners as well, so local authorities, especially the Scottish Government. So really, I mean, my role in, in simple terms is about broadening the base for cricket. You talk about how important it is to get kids into cricket at such a young age because that's when they when they get a little bit older, they've decided what sport they're going to play. Is that something you've noticed over time or is that just you've realised through research that, that cricket wasn't that popular because they, they never had the opportunity to play at school? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, definitely a bit of both. I think uh, anecdotally we, we do see it where um, cricket's quite often secondary because we're in late. So while we might still get sporty kids involved, um, they might already be football or rugby or whatever is their, their favourite sport, I suppose. And then when it comes to the commitment later on, if that's their favourite sport, we, we tend to lose out. So it's, it's a, little bit of, a, a little bit of that, but also a little bit of opportunity. So whether that's being exposed to the game at schools um, and exposed early enough um, where we can probably have the greatest influence, you know, I think that's really important. And, and All Stars kind of packages all that up to give cricket a really saleable product you know, something that really competes with those other sports and kids and parents really go, look, that's great. Cricket looks fun and exciting and we get great value. So that's where we sort of came from with with All Stars. So using the word product there, that's the key one. How do you sell cricket to schools in the idea that it might not be the most popular choice for a, a secondary school or primary school to pick over the normal school, the normal sports that are considered in Scotland in the majority of places. How do you package it? How do you go? This is the right sport for you. Yeah, I think it's that is a real, real challenge. That's not an easy one. Um, in terms of our school engagement and our programs, we we really approach it from a curriculum perspective. So, um, if I'm a, a female primary school teacher, um, as an example, which they predominantly are, cricket's probably not high on their agenda about delivering. And we've got to understand that. And sometimes as a cricket community, we all think cricket's huge and it's the be-all and end-all and, and I'm like that. But we've got to flip that round and think about from their perspective. So the programmes we run and the Curriculum for Excellence is a perfect example of this. Um, we, we pitch it as around cricket's a great, um, a great vehicle for delivering your curriculum outcomes. So there's some really great stuff in terms of nine out of the ten fundamental movement skills cricket hit the spirit of cricket, some of the ethos, some of the cross-curricular links you can get with cricket, really good. So, you know, maths, you know, geography, you know, you talk about the global scale of the sport. So for me, that's how we sell cricket within the schools is, is the broader impact. And, it, and this sounds a little bit contradictory, but it's not about cricket. It's about helping the school meet their outcomes. And if we can get our foot in the door through that, then we can start to, to filter in the cricket-specific stuff and start to get more teams playing schools entering competitions, that sort of stuff. 
So are there any other upcoming projects in 2018, like the All-Stars um, project that's going to be opening up? Yeah, I think probably our, our most exciting ones centre around the female game. Um, and again, I'm unashamed about saying female cricket is our biggest growth opportunity by a mile. And that might sound a bit cold in terms of just getting people involved, but as we all know, having females down at our club and the dynamic that that brings makes our clubs better places. So I think that's a huge focus. And, and Nick Wilson, our um, female participation manager and her team, have been working on a couple of programs that will come out sort of in time for the start of the season, which is Crick Hit, which is based on the um, high-intensity interval training um, fitness program. So a little play on words there. It's, it's a cricket-based version of that, which, again, is based around our research of how females want to inter interact and engage with sport. Probably where cricket, again, we've, we've been a bit behind the eight ball, is we want everyone to play traditional hardball cricket in our way, in the way we want it to be done at our time. And cricket's about doing it in a way that females like to engage with sport. So again, I believe this program's got great um, ability to be a success about attracting new females. And then if they like this cricket aspect and get confident with the game and the movements, they're more likely to then move into our formal pathways. So cricket's a really exciting one. Um, the other one is around women's softball festivals. So again, this is a project that the ECB launched last year in conjunction um, with the Women's World Cup, um, and they had huge success in terms of females coming in and playing in a, in a really non-threatening, um, fun, festival-like format, and it comes with some really neat kit, um, you know, New Balance stuff. So again, not traditional cricket stuff. So ways of really reaching out to the, to the broader population of people who perhaps don't engage with cricket to start with. See, I'm really glad you said women's cricket seems to be the biggest marketplace to expand because from from personally from my time here and, and diving into this world it, it seems like the energy and the buzz around women's cricket you know whether it's the the women's team or the development team is just so fantastic that it just feels like everyone wants it to evolve that there is a real passion and desire for it to develop and is that seen through your role 100%, and, and I'm, I'm glad you, you've made that observation. Um, I think it's infectious. You know, what, what Nick and uh, Rosie and Madison and some of our staff and, and the Wildcats have been fantastic as well, and the people around um, around the office and around cricket in general pushing female cricket, is, it's great for our game. And, and look, I, I don't just say it to be PC around growing female cricket. It is truly a great opportunity for us, and if we can keep leveraging the the goodwill around that and also the, the growing profile of female sport in general um, and cricket can make itself seen as a as a real viable option for females and something that's attractive for them to get involved then you know we could really be on top of a gold mine in terms of really unleashing some more potential for cricket in Scotland. Talking about the women's game yes men's game club cricket expanding the club game you had a club conference that's a difficult one to say club conference in uh, last year for the first time um, and there's also been a huge incentive to, to not completely change the way the club game is seen, but modernise it, find it a, find a better way to get it developing, get all the clubs intertwined, and, and to be honest, just to promote the game around Scotland. So how important is that in 2018? Again, a huge focus for us. Um, the club game is still the core of our offer, um, and it's still the, 
I suppose the essence of cricket and a lot of the stuff that we would deliver is is through them. So they're absolutely fundamental. So you know, in terms of our club support and, and what we do um, for clubs, you're, you're right in that we're kind of knocking on the head of well, what what will a good club look like in ten years' time. So yeah, what are the observations you've had during your time here of club cricket in Scotland and the strengths of it and also the weaknesses? Yeah, I mean, I think um, in terms of club cricket, I think there's there's a huge amount of strengths to it. You know, I think I was actually pleasantly surprised with with club cricket when I when I arrived. I was, to be honest, I was probably expecting a little bit less. You know, and that was as much uh, ignorance and and that from myself. Um, but I look around and I go, there's there's great history um, within these clubs and and some really strong structures um, for club cricket. And and you look at some of the club club cricket and, and you know there's some really good players and there's some good competitive competitions and we need we need to celebrate that I think sometimes we're we're a little bit down on it um, rather than celebrating the positives about um, what's being achieved out there um, within clubs and, and look there's some challenges around um, around weather and facilities which um, you know are tough are, are tough to overcome um, in the short term um, but if we can get some better playing facilities, and that's a, a longer term thing. And, and, and for me, that's down to the, the the pitch. You know, the twenty-two yards. You know, yes, we can have a great clubhouse, etc. But for me, that that doesn't make a great club. Um, so for me, if we can get the good bit out in the middle, that encourages good cricket and cricket you want to play and you want to be involved in. Finally, under nineteen World Cups on right now. Yourself, New Zealand under nineteen, two thousand and two. Am I right in saying? You watching some of the action right now, relishing your moments back then? <laughs> Don't know about that. Um, I have been keeping track of it. Look, um, yeah, the Under Nineteen World Cup was a was a great experience. It's a long time ago now um, for me, um, so I do look back and um, see the guys out there now, and I think it's a, you know, you're uncovering the next generation of talent, and uh, and there's some really exciting cricket, and I think um, international cricket at that level, I think I think it's moved on. You know, I think standards of have got higher, if I'm brutally honest. Um, you know, I think... Is that down to just the pure professionality of the game now? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, and that's the same at, um, you could say that at first class or international level, I think, you, you know, the investment that goes into some of these guys around being far better athletes all around and the time and the ability to develop your game. Look, good players from 20 years ago would still be good players now, absolutely. Um, but I look at some of the strides in terms of the overall standard. I think you look at that under 19, you go some, you know, the standard of that and the, the guys coming through is really, really high and it's really encouraging to see. Um, and it's a, it's a great platform for guys to launch themselves. So it's, it's been really neat to watch. When you talk about stand of cricket, I've been told to maybe dive into your office cricket and cricket tennis career. How was that, Ian? Well, I'm, I'm a naturally modest person. But um, I, w I, I would say I'm unbeaten, I believe, um, in, in a lot of these competitions. Um, look, we, we have a, a fair bit of banter within the office. Um, you know, a little bit of uh, heat gets bold in the office cricket. Um, a little, little bit of, a few words in there as well from a few people, which is all part of the course. But, um, yeah, look, uh, I enjoy that. And we've got to have a little bit of, bit of time out during the day as well to enjoy the sport that we love. Thanks very much for joining me on the podcast, Ian. You're welcome, been a pleasure. And that was Ian Sambrook, Director of Participation at Cricket Scotland. So, 
that's it for episode three. I told you it was a quick one. If you want regular updates from Cricket Scotland, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, the whole lot. Uh, If you're listening on iTunes, leave a review and SoundCloud. Click the heart button and show us some love. If you uh, want to learn anything more about Cricket Scotland, check the website out. There's everything and anything you can imagine from links, videos, audio bites and articles. It's really worth checking out. I've been your host, Ian Leggett. Thanks for listening.